Hi, welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group, Thursday night Alcoholics and God's Speaker Step Series. Let's have our joke now. Welcome, Brian. Hey, I'm Brian. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Brian. All right, so here's AA's thought of the day for a joke. Um, when it comes to gratitude, my mind is like Teflon. When it comes to resentment, my mind's like flypaper. Alcoholic, my name is Jay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise that might distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. If everyone is ready, we can start our meditation.
if you would now join me in the fog light prayer. If you don't know it, it's up on the screens. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. And I have asked Courtney to read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Welcome, Courtney. Courtney, recovered alcoholic. Hello. Uh, The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer, Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 567 to 568. Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. 
This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane or meeting mode or just turn them off. Um, so we have Paulette for our seventh session here, um, and I'm sure you guys are just as excited to hear God's message through her as I am. So I give you Paulette. Hello, fellow travelers. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we are on the seventh step tonight. Um, not, no session. <laughs> this is the step that has helped me tremendously, much more than I ever thought. Um, last week, I forgot to say my prayer. And um, just left my, left my thinking, which is part of how I think the God of my understanding works um, I believe my God speaks through me, so I wasn't supposed to say it last night, uh, last week. So, but this week I'm going to say it. Uh, let me first introduce myself uh, to you the way I was taught how to introduce myself at an AA meeting, because this is an AA meeting. And first and foremost, I am an alcoholic. I have a home group, and my home group is the one-day-at-a-time group of Alcoholics Anonymous located in Miramar. My home group meets every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. I am sponsored, and I sponsor. Uh, to me, it's the difference between work and working. I do have a sober date, and my sober date is January 28, 1995. And my name is Paulette. Hello, fellow travelers. So grateful to be here tonight. I know I say it every week, but you don't know. I'm so glad, Mike, you didn't stop stalking me. Much more than you'll ever know. Anyway, this isn't a religious program. It's a spiritual program. And I like to say my set-aside prayer, which was given to me by my previous sponsor, Dorothy H., who passed away. And I like to say it because it centers me when I am speaking, especially when I am doing step studies. Um, it reminds me who runs my life. And it goes, there are many versions of this, but this is the one she gave me, and it speaks to my spirit. If you are here tonight, and you're not yet comfortable with the word God, or the concept of God as yet, I beg of you not to close your mind. I ask of you to please keep an open mind. Maybe something that may come out of me tonight may help you make a decision, whatever that decision is, and help you to move along with your life. So um, set aside prayers is my way of talking to my God as I understand God. And it goes like this. God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about my alcoholism, everything I think I know about this step or these steps, and everything I think I know, I know about this book. I'm adding that tonight, this book. 
but especially everything I think I know about you, dear God, so that I may have an open mind to a new experience to all these things. Please, God, help me to see the truth. Thank you for your indulgence. I'm going to read the step as it's written. Because if you're like me, and I suspect you're like me, you like to make stuff up. And so, we call that lying, cheating. <laughs> we are on the seventh step. Notice a lot of us are here for the seventh step. I didn't see you for six. You came for seven. Something must be going on. Uh, step seven says, because I like to stick words in there because it makes it sound better and it'll motivate me and encourage me to do it. All lies. Step seven says, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Short to the point. But be not, do not be fooled by what it says and how short it is. It's a lot in that step. Whole lot. It's a lifetime of practice for an alcoholic like me. Tonight, I, my message is being taken from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 Steps and 12 Tradition, and from my friend Joe McHugh from Joe and Charlie, all three, and also from the other book, <laughs> the Bible. Um, that's how much I had been reading on this because it applies to me so thoroughly. There is a thing, by the way, how is your house coming along? Any termites so far? Is, it, is, is that um, keystone key locked in place by now? Any kind of storm have shaken your house so far? Is it still standing? Because mine has been shaken but I am here. And, um, and this, there's a thing that I picked up recently from doing this um, reading and revisiting. It's called a self-awareness. And I know we throw it around a lot in the meetings, but for me, it is on a different level. It's a spiritual term for me now. Self-awareness. I am so acutely aware of what I am doing and who I'm doing it with, um, how I carry myself, what's happening around me much more than ever before. And, um, and it could be a double-edged sword for me if I am not spiritually fit. And so um, in emotional disturbance, especially when those things are happening, I have to be very aware of what is coming at me or to, so I can be present and, uh, and respond appropriately. Because I'm not always um, that super sober. For me, there's no such thing. And, um, and so I want to start with a, um, the 12 and 12. On the back of the seventh step on page 76, for those of us who have our books, 
and it says, the chief activator of, and I read in first person, because it means a lot to me when I read it in first person. The chief activator of my defects have been self-centered fear. Primarily fear that I would lose something I already possessed or would fail to get something I demanded. Living upon a basis of unsatisfied demands, I was in a state of continual disturbance and frustration. Therefore, no peace was to be had unless I could find a means of reducing these demands. The difference between a demand and a simple request is plain to anyone. The seventh step is where I make the change in my attitude, which permits me with humility as my guide to move out from myself towards others and towards God as I understand God. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. It is really saying to me that I now ought to be willing to try humility in seeking the removal of all other shortcomings. Just as I did when I admitted that I was powerless over alcohol. And came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. If that degree of humility could enable me to find the grace by which such a deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same results respecting any other problem I could possibly have. That's the last paragraph on the last page of the seventh step in the 12 and 12. I wonder why Bill hid all of that at the last paragraph. You made us go through the rest of the the steps before we got there. He must have known that a drunk like me was coming in. And I would have read it first and cheated. And then I would have cheated myself out of what I now possessed and more to come. Step seven for me, and remember this is my experience, strength, and hope on how this step works in my life on a continuous basis. I would love to talk about yours, but I have resigned from taking other people's inventory. Um, This is a way of life now, a design for living for me. Step seven is telling me that I lack the proper perspective to look at things as they should be looked at. A change in my attitude. I don't know about you, but I am a woman that possessed a great deal of attitude. Not always in the right way. This step is also telling me that I am now going to be possessed, and if I want to, certain spiritual values, some spiritual tools that I, not, that I would have never used or seen as values. It also is telling me, in changing my perspective, that my quest for certain security 
is not the means to the end anymore. See, I am a person who was driven by material success, security. You know, I became a workaholic to achieve all these things. Because I, in my thinking and how I look at things prior to living this way of life, was that if I had enough material success, everything would be okay. Yet I ended up on the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous. How could that be? My quest for emotional security, for social security, for being, for being who I thought I should have been, was the means to an end back then. Today, the seventh step says to me, no, that's not the perspective you should have. And here's why. So he says, I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me a couple days ago. I don't know about you, but I live this. Every time I'm asked to do a step study, something remarkable happens to me where it relates to the step I'm on. How could that happen? But it does all the time. And I'm going to use this and then I'm going to go through the, how it applies, the step applies. I came home from work last Friday. I am a risk manager. Um, I call Alex Anonymous and the God of my understanding has a great sense of humor. He makes an alcoholic like me a risk manager. And that's what I do f as a profession. And I come home from work Friday and I had all my plans laid up for the weekend. Everything is set up right. What I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna do on Saturday, what I'm gonna do Saturday evening, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get some rest, I'm gonna do all of these nice things, self. Self, right? And as I open my front door, my nephew says to me, Auntie, I, will, I didn't want to call you at work, but we have a water leak. Now I have a, a two-story home. So I said, a water leak. Now if you're an alcoholic like me, and I suspect you are, it hasn't sink in yet. It's hovering. A water leak. How bad could it be? Because I have the disease of lack of proportion. Okay? Says so on page 37 of the big book. This, I think, is called insanity. Right? So I'm saying, can't be that big. Must be a small leak. So he takes me over to my living room and he says, the water has been coming out slowly all day. But the floor is dry. My disease says, don't, don't panic. Don't call anybody. You'll figure this out. So we packed the hole, the baseboard with towels, Thank God for spending money on good cotton towels. And I let it go. And Saturday morning, 
all hell breaks loose. Procrastination. Denial. Can't be that bad. Can't fix it. I got to call in the experts. Since Friday, I have no water. Um, so I have to do what we do in hurricane preparation. Thank God you guys taught me how to do that. Um, I have to um, rely on neighbors. Thank God you guys taught me how to practice this program to the best of my ability because I have great neighbors that reach out to me and my family. All of this is happening. And Sunday I said to myself, that's a dangerous thing when you say it to yourself. That means you are up in your head all by yourself, Paulette. And you're only going to get that craziness back at you. I said to myself, I started to get irritable with the people who have been helping me. I'm starting to get frustrated because this isn't being solved quickly enough for me. I'm starting to be uncomfortable. And I just want to push everybody away, which is what old behaviors and old ideas, patterns. And it's starting to formulate and I am aware that it is happening, but I don't want to do anything about that. And so what happened is, it is nurtured. It is watered. It is tended. Like how you do a plant. And by Sunday night, my sister-in-law boyfriend was getting on my goddamn nerves. And the man didn't do nothing more than trying to help me. Remember that. But thank God for restraint of pen and tongue. I didn't say anything. Monday, I got the workmen in. And now they have to find the leak. And it reminds me of fourth step inventory. Because now you're going to have to detect where it is. I got to look into the walls. Like I have to look inside myself. I know how to do that. And so I go in with them and they're starting to find it. And they found where the leak is. And it isn't over there where the water is coming from. It's at the opposite end of the other wall. And I said to myself, Jesus, that sounds just like my life. Because I always thought it was you who made me do the things that I did. I wasn't looking at me, and here I am. I, I swear to God, this is happening. So now I want it fixed. How quickly can you fix it? And the guy looks at me and he says, it's going to be a slow process. Not a good answer. <laughs> Just like the book says, this is a lifetime process. You can't hurry up. A life like mine that has been lived... And has been running on self-will all my life. Cannot be turned into a 100% God will overnight. That's impossible. And so I thought about that. It still didn't make me happy. Meanwhile, I'm in this state of emotional disturbance. And I am aware. Self-awareness. I am aware. 
And what happened is, the fans, after they finished repairing the, the leak and put in the new pipe, the fans have to dry out the wall so you don't have mold. So I'm thinking the fan is just going to be for a couple of hours. All now in my downstairs, I have 12 fans running. And I'm wondering where did technology go? That the technology that made these fans, couldn't they have a silent mode on them? All I hear is this noise. And the more I'm disturbed, the louder the noise gets. And it's getting on my nerve and I'm going crazy because I can't shut them off. It sounds vaguely familiar to with my mind when it's racing. And the fan is going. It's still going. I left it there. Thank God for his commitment. And I told Mike tonight, I said, thank you for not giving up on me. Uh, and, I, and it's going. But I'm telling you this because when I realized how ill at ease and uncomfortable and discontented I was, it never dawned on me that in the doctor's opinion, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Dr. Silkworth told me this. He said, to them or to me, the alcoholic life seems the only normal one. He says, I am restless, irritable, and discontented unless I can again experience the sense of ease and comfort. That's what he says back in the doctor's opinion. Didn't remember that because I could have used it if I had stopped thinking about self and what I want and how my little plans and design for the weekend had just gone to crap because the pipe wanted to burst at the most inopportune time on my time. And one of the things Seven Step teaches me is there is a value that I can't ask for. I have to practice it. A spiritual value. It's called patience. Seven Step talks a lot about patience. Because it's one of those spiritual values that I have to anchor my life in. And don't know how to do that. I have to work at it. And I got, an, I got an opportunity this weekend to work on it, but I passed. <laughs> this is what I mean by there's no such thing as being super sober. <laughs> because a successful life, for me, living this way of life, is the killing of self daily. I have to kill self-will daily. And every opportunity that comes my way... Is an opportunity to kill self. And sometimes I fall short. And this is one of those times where I fell short. So I'm going to focus on two words out of that. Humbly and shortcomings. And tie it into my situation 
because this is about my experience of trying to make a sincere attempt to try to live God's way. So now I have to describe what I look like on Saturday morning. And I'm going to describe it because thank God for my friend Joe McHugh. He had a nice way of describing me and I'm going to use it because it fits me to a T. They must have known I was coming. And he says, this is what I look like when I am in self. Because I have to talk about that first before I get into what Seven is talking about. My personality. Because by the way, if you haven't guessed by now, spoiler alert, change is the name of this game. Change. And my personality has to change. In order for me to live this to the best of my ability. It's a design for living. It isn't for babies, by the way, my fellow travelers. It's for people who want to grow up. And I certainly want to grow up. And so I'm going to describe what I look like over the weekend. In the middle of my self-centered personality lies self. That's the middle. Self. Everything is about me. And on here, on, the other, on my right, is my wonderful defects of character. Resentment. Self-resentment. My favorite four-letter word, fear. Fear. And my pride. Those are the things that popped up for me when I am in self. That's what I look like. The defects of my character. Fear allows me to be able to start to look at you in a negative way. Pick apart. Find something wrong. Instead of going inward. Fear does not allow me to go into find courage. I gained courage from working some of it, from working step four, but I was not able to muster enough courage to work myself out of the fear because all of a sudden I could see everything, pipes bursting all over my house because my mind is that vivid. I have a dangerous mind. My first sponsor used to say, take somebody up there with you, Paulette. Don't go up there by yourself. But I ignored the warning. And so I went up there by myself and I got what I got. A lot of fear. No courage to even step out into faith. Faith that I have been working to gain. And so what happened is. Part of myself. My, I, so part of this. All of this is all resentment and fear and my pride. Is operating in my personality throughout the weekend. Now what I should have been looking for. Is what, is what the seventh step asks us to do. A balanced personality. What the heck does that look like? Can you show me? You got to work. Change is work. See, I have to resign from that. I can't do what I want to do when I want to do it. No, Paulette, you can't do it. You're a grown-up. That's a child. 
I have to do the opposite. So what happened is, what does humility means? Bill spells it out for me. Very, very few things you have to look up. It's right in the book. Step five, he told me what it is. Right in step five before I got to seven. I wonder why. He says humility. A word often misunderstood. Page 58, 12 and 12. It amounts to a clear recognition. Clear. Of what and who I really am. Who am I? Followed by a sincere attempt to become what I could be. That part escapes me this weekend. I wanted to stay exactly who I was. An alcoholic without the principles of this program. There are times when I simply became resistant to change. Knowing full well that I'm self-aware that there is an alternative. I've seen it because you guys demonstrate it. I know what it looks like because I have seen it time and time again. Alcoholics practicing what the God idea looks like. Deep down inside of every one of us is the fundamental idea of God as I understand God. That is in the uh, we the agnostic. Which means that all of these values were always inside of me. They weren't out of the, I didn't have to go to the 99 cent store and ask for the 29.99 special. It's in here inside of me. It's an inside job. And so I, I have it. But these things, resentment and fear and dishonesty and lack of inconsideration for others, selfishness, all have been blocking all of that good values. They were always there. And so when he says, now I got to make a sincere attempt, I didn't feel like it, God. I want to have my moment. Can I just have a weekend off? No. Because I paid dearly for it with emotional hangover. Which makes me tired. You know, and it's a way that leads me back to stinking thinking. And pushing you away. And seventh step says, here's what I need to do. He says, I need to absolutely do this. I have to look at myself. I'm looking at myself, and this is what he says here. In, I have to look for my light to keep me on um, time, time, time. Okay. He says, so now I'm ready. After Sunday, I'm over me. Thank God. And I'm ready because I'm angry. And he talks about it in six. So now I know what I got to do. He says here, since this step so specifically concerns itself with humility. It concerns itself with humility. It's all wrapped up in humility. You can't escape it. And then he says, 
He says, what I need to do is look for what I lack. Character building. See, I chose not to build my character in that moment. What an opportunity I wasted. I chose to go back to the old behavior. And I had a perfect opportunity that the God of my understanding gave me. That I could have built my character better. And guess what? As I would say, we peed it away. I'm trying to change up my language. I'm working on it. But Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, And so he says, this is what I chose to do, right? Because I looked at building my character as something less desirable. That's what I chose. I'm 28 years sober. On the 28th of last month, God blessed me with 28 years of continuous sobriety. Weekends included. And I chose not to choose character building. For me, that was a great lesson. So even though I refused the gift that was given to me, I got the lesson. You're not cured. Stick around, kid. I got more work for you to do. And so he says, so in order for me to gain a vision of what humility is, It is an avenue to true freedom of the human spirit. Freedom. All my life I wanted freedom. Freedom to be me exactly the way my creator created me. And every chance he gives me, I I throw it away. Why? What am I afraid of? Fear. That corrosive thread that runs through me. No lack of courage. So what shortcomings is for me, it's like a sliding, a sliding scale. Um, if I have more fear, then I have less courage. No balance. Okay? It's just, to me, that's how it works. So... What happens to me when I do that is that I need to seek and do my creator will. What does that look like for me? Did I pray? No. Did I do anything to call another alcoholic? No. Because you are going to tell me what I need to do. I don't want to hear what I need to do. Because I know what step step two says, close-mindedness. Right back, a resort back to that person. Just like that. And so he says, I must have a desire to seek and do God's will. I was not enthusiastic about that line. And so he says here, and this is the part that I like so much in the 12 and 12, he says, (laughs) <laughs> in, in every case pain is the admission 
to a new life. This new life that I live today, that I can stand up and tell you that I knew that I was going to have a challenge in the month of February. I said it to you last week. I knew it was coming. But part of my disease tells me that if, when it comes, you can handle it, Paulette. That's the kind of insidious disease I have. And I knew that. And so part of this is that I knew I was setting myself up for failure. That's another part of this. Self-awareness. Seven steps says to me that I need to find some permanent value that I can anchor my life in. He, he says we, I need to find more honesty. Tolerance. Oh, really? I was not tolerant of anybody this weekend. Leave me alone and you won't hear my mouth. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, he said true, he said honesty, tolerance, and patience. I must be anchored in those spiritual values. He calls them values. He said those are things like gold, that I should be mining for gold. He said, gold is rare and hard and not everybody gets, gets them. Because if everybody had gold and you could walk on any street and pick it up, it would have no value. He says, this is how I should look at honesty, patience, and tolerance as if they're gold. That's how I should go inside of me to find it. Seven step is telling me now. Because now I have been armed with all of working one through six that have allowed me to realize what kind of stock in trade I have. Remember, I am the best business. The most important business on planet Earth is me. What kind of stock in trade do I have? Character building requires me to look at what have I got to offer. You know how sometimes you come into um, AA and you get sober, you get a hot 90 days, and you are ready for a, for a relationship? What are you selling? Do you know what you have? I'm 28 years old, and I have been with one man for 41 years, and I still don't know who I am. I got work to do. There are parts of me that needs to be fixed, corrected changed and, 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 and I know that self-awareness this is about building the character because I want to have the right kind of stock in trade so he says I gotta anchor myself in these values so I was thinking about this Monday and I get to the stoplight and this wonderful child of God decided not to move when the light changed. And I thought about counting to 10, because usually that helps me. But I'm still in the emotional hangover. My attitude hasn't changed yet, because I haven't been asking. I have to ask. I don't know about you. I got to ask for the help. Right? 
And what happened is I called, and I'm looking at the driver, and I'm saying to him through the window, I don't know where you bought your license from, but if you don't move right now, and then I heard myself because the window was still rolled up. Thank you, God. This is Florida. Everybody has a weapon. Everybody has a weapon. I got to remember that. Also, why didn't I take the opportunity that while I was waiting for the light and this wonderful child of God to move before the light changes again and I'm stuck there for another round, second round, why didn't I take the time to pray or think of something wonderful? Think about something that somebody did for me. Think of the fact that I wasn't going through what I was going through alone. Think that my sister-in-law and my nephew has been my rock. That they have been there with me all through this, what I call, disaster. Because that's not a disaster or a tragic event. It's a goddamn water leak, for God's sakes. <laughs> but I made it out to be the boogie monster. You know, why didn't I do that? I wanted this me, all of this not to happen. Why? Because of self. Self. And so this is what he says here that I need to anchor myself. I read it in, in, in uh, I think it was Joe McHugh who said it and I like it. He says, patience is God timing in life. I've got to you. Practice it. I had a nice opportunity again with the guy at the light. Why didn't I practice it? Because you can't buy it. Not at the 99 cent store. It's not for sale. You got to work for it. You got to seek it. You got to see the value in it. When I am practicing tolerance of you. Because you, I don't want to be around people who gossip a lot. But I don't want to tell you I don't like gossip because you may not like me. Or you may think I'm a snob or you think I'm better than. But what I can do is I can find a way to ease my way out of it. I don't have to stay and listen. I don't have to participate. I can find an easier, softer way. Because now it's not about me. It's about my love for you. And this is a part of seven. What Bill is talking about, he says, I should have the kind of love that I am concerned about your welfare the same way I think about mine. I don't know about you. That's a tall order for a drunk like me. To always think about you in the same way I think of myself. And by the way, that kind of love is called agape love, which means what kind of love I give you is what I wish for myself. Your welfare, I want the best for you, the same I want for you. This is all about seven, character building. And by the way, Paulette, you can't give what you don't have. So if I can't love you that way, what am I going to give you? What am I going to give you? 
And so he's telling me the things that I need to anchor myself in. The values. So that now it's not about material security as a means to an end. It's spiritual values. How do I value me? He's asking me. Where do I fall short? He's asking me. See where you fall short, Paulette. And I measure this in degrees. So I know where I'm falling short because I just told you. See, I take my inventory because I don't want you to take mine. I can stand up here and tell you these things because I work on myself to the best of my ability. So I can tell you. Because when I share it with you, I am cutting the, the, the situation or the concerns in half. And now I have something to work on. An alcoholic like me should never be bored living this way alive. There's plenty wrong with me. That plenty needs to be done. So I don't have a chance to even be bored. If I'm bored, then I'm not living this way alive. It's a commitment. It's a change. And so he's saying that to me. So I should be able to do this because I got to watch my light. Oh, am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm okay. Thank you. I didn't trust the green light. See? No trust. Okay. Now, what is the benefit of practicing seventh step? First of all, I will gain equilibrium. I surely will lack that this weekend. Because it is a state, a conscious state, in which I have... I'm balanced. No matter what the situation is, I'm balanced. Mentally, emotionally. He says, I will gain real peace of mind. He says, I will have a revolutionary change in my outlook and my attitude. Certain didn't happen for me this weekend, but yet I did have a revolutionary change. Because now I can tell you about it. Now I can show you where, where I veer off the mark. I can tell you exactly where I should have stopped. Went in a quiet place. And asked my creator. To remove all defects of character from me at that moment. And so I didn't do that. And then he, he says... That I will receive immense value if I'm anchored in these values as a regular way of life. He said, I will no longer desire to run away from pain like I used to and drown myself in the bottle. Seventh step says that. I believe it. He says, I will not run from problems because today I don't have problems. Today I have concerns. And then he says, I begin to fear pain less. What a wonderful guarantee that is. And so I will increase my desire for humility. 
my change in attitude goes a little bit more further. My change in attitude goes towards the God of my own understanding. And so seventh step is really one of those steps that, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't pay to run away from it because it's going to find. You know, when I think about patience, okay, there goes the red light. When I think about patience, and I know you're like me, because I don't like to read instructions at all when I buy anything. Because I know how to do it. And I hate those people who pull out the instructions and lay it out and start following it. Those are goody two-shoes. I can't stand it. Have you ever tried to glue anything? Don't the, glue, the direction says wait for five minutes before you put it in? Have you ever been successful to wait for five minutes? By the second minute, my finger is in the glue. Because I'm trying to make sure it is ready to stick. It said five. I say two. This is a part of practicing patience for me. When they say to you, follow the directions, they are not trying to get you, Paulette. They have tried it. And this is the way that works. You don't have to make stuff up. That is enough to tell me what to do. You don't have to do it. And he says, he says, this is a design for living. It is a program of getting rid of things to get down to what I want. And it's not a program of getting anything. That means if I think that I'm going to live this seventh step because I'm going to work towards getting something, give it up. Because I have to get into a state of consciousness. We are giving or getting rid of or letting go of something. I don't want any expectations behind it. Because my expectations usually turns into demands. And the God of my understanding is not Santa Claus. He does not give me things on demand. He gives it to me when he says I should get it. Which means that he knows when I'm ready. Because I can't handle stuff I don't know how to handle. I need to be prepared for it. I need to ready myself for it. I need to show up and grow up. So that when I get a situation, I'm ready. The state of readiness started in six. And now I have to be ready to give it up in seven by asking because I'm falling short of the mark. So now you see why six and seven work beside each other. Soon as it comes up, go into seven. And that for me is how I live it a day at a time. Thank you. Let's give Paula another round of applause. And we have David to do our secretary's report.
Hi, my name is David, and I am your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. We also have QR codes on the back of some of the chairs, or you could go to Venmo and type in um, Clarence Snyder, the name Clarence Snyder. Um, And I have asked Keisha to come up and read the recovered statement. Hello, everybody. My name is Keisha, and I am an alcoholic. This is the recovered statement. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you. Thanks, teacher. 1940s style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% 50 got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. Is there anyone in the room right now uh, needing a sponsor? Um, If you could, uh, if you're too shy to raise your hand, but you need a sponsor uh, at the meeting, please come. uh, At the end of the meeting, please come up and stand by the piano, and uh, somebody will come over and speak with you. Uh, Can I have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? So Intergroup is where you can buy AA-related literature and medallions. It is also responsible for creating the where and when and scheduling the AA hotline. Next. Broward County Institutions Committee is responsible for bringing meetings into places where people like us can't get out to AA meetings, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet the second Saturday of every month at 10 a.m., Is there anybody from BCIC out here tonight? Okay, we have several options, so please speak to one of these people if you're interested in that kind of service. Um, And here are some upcoming service opportunities. Uh, The 2023 Intergroup Appreciation Banquet will be having their next planning meeting Wednesday, February 22nd at 6 p.m., Um, at the Intergroup Bookstore. Uh, The address is right there. And our next speaker will be Bobby R. Um, We have Paulette here for another five weeks. Um, And um, Bobby R. starts on the 30th of March. And of course, this is uh, my other home group, uh, our big book study uh, on Monday night. Join us for fellowship at 6.30. We're uh, the... 
The, uh, the meeting starts at 7 p.m. It's where the big book comes alive, and not in a creepy way, but in a fun, informative way. So thank you. <laughs> um, we have CDs, mugs, large print books, and the little red book, uh, and the big book dictionaries for sale at the literature table at the back. Um, and we meet here every Thursday starting at, uh, promptly at 7.15 and ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. Thanks. See you next week. So we have uh, tonight's session and all past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everybody again to our Monday night big book study. And those whom wish to thank tonight's speaker, please line up down the center aisle. Also, we need help stacking chairs after the meeting for anybody who wants to do some service. And let's close seated with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thanks, guys. See you next week. God is heavy. Our soul is thirsty. Bodies aching.
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Each way flowers blooming all the time. 
outside my door Never before I had to change everything to realize That today is the best day of my life Cause this broken man I traveled far and wide Through the great divide Through his own heart, yeah God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
Yeah.